Yo, man, Miss Rusty, it's Friday, 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 and I am here today with a special guest. That special guest, I'm just going to bring him out right here, right now. We have Jonathan Royal. How you doing? I'm good, thanks, Rusty. How are you? Oh, friggin' awesome, man. It's a... Uh... It's it's a day I get to go swimming, so I'm happy with that, and I get to I get to be here in the meantime and talk with another hypnotist, which is nice. I don't get to I don't know why I don't talk with more hypnotists, but um, it's good to be able to talk with a hypnotist. And so, but he's saying uh, that now, viewers and listeners, he's saying that now, but he might not be by the end. Yeah, uh, I have somewhat different views on hypnosis than the majority. Oh, okay, well, let, let's let's start you out with a hot take right now. What's a hot take of yours about a different view of hypnosis? Well, the bottom line is it's bullshit. It doesn't exist. There is more, there is actually more scientific evidence that hypnosis is not a, an altered state or anything special than there is evidence the other way. But you'll always get your so-called hypnotherapy trainers going, oh, they've done these brainwave patterns and therefore it's a distinct step bullshit. There's actually more evidence that proves that those so-called brainwave patterns, uh, you get the exact same ones if you just close your eyes, breathe deeply, and um, a short while later, you will have exactly the same frigging brainwaves as if you had gone through this all hypnotic induction process it's bollocks hypnosis does not exist except in the mind of the believer who comes to incorrectly believe that they've been hypnotized um it is nothing more than psychological and emotional manipulation so it's like a placebo effect is what you're saying no because placebo most people don't understand what placebo is um, it's a placebo trigger. Placebo effect is the outcome of what a placebo trigger is. As opposed to... So people talk about a pill, right? A sugar yeah. pill being a placebo effect. Well, it isn't. It isn't. A sugar pill, when they do placebo trials, is the placebo trigger. If somebody believes that to be a chemical compound tablet, that oh. triggers off the psychological processes of belief and expectation. Then when they get a result similar to, better than, close to, or whatever, to what the chemical compound does, that is the effect of their belief and expectations. That is the placebo effect the tablet itself is what triggered that belief system and expectation. Okay, I see what you're saying. So then, so then, it's a placebo trigger, is what you're saying? Then an element of it, yeah. An element of it. Okay. Um, a large element of it is that the important seeming ritualistic process of so-called hypnosis is a, in, in terms of therapeutic hypnosis, anyway, is uh, definitely a placebo trigger to set off the belief and expectations of the client into believing that what's been done 
has been done clearly by this authority figure, the hypnotist, and why would they have me doing this important seeming ritualistic process unless it meant that that is how you become hypnotized. And when they start to convince themselves that this feeling relaxed and whatnot is uh, apparently what hypnosis is, they, they arguably, if hypnosis existed, it would be purely that flicking of a switch where they believe something special's gone on. But the truth of the matter is, there's nothing anyone's ever done under so-called hypnosis that can't be done or achieved without going through the so-called ritual of hypnosis, which therefore in and of itself shows hypnosis isn't anything special. Because if it was, you'd be able to do things that you can't normally do, which you can't. So is that part about um, like, that you won't do anything it's bullshit like yeah like if someone says it like you can't get someone to go and like um you know if they don't normally do this they're not going to go out and shoot somebody because bullshit if you go that, that if you go about it right remember hypnosis doesn't exist in the way most people think it does it is nothing more than psychological and emotional manipulation and certain other psychological ploys um such as the um pygmalion effect also known as the rothensall effect which is the idea that the authority figure the therapist in a therapeutic context or the stage hypnotist in that context or it could be the cult leader in that context that when they if they deliver an instruction or a command with enough authority and conviction that transmits a, a belief state to the patient or the stage participant or the cult member that their imagination captures around and goes, wow, this person believes this. This must be true. It seems important. The authority figures credible. I believe them. At which point, if they then start telling themselves internally that they believe these things, it triggers the Galatea effect which people can research these at their own leisure, which is that more that they believe in this important seeming ritualistic process having an importance, the more likely it will have an importance for them because it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Combine that in therapy, for example, with the Hawthorne effect, which is that people know people are more likely to stick to doing something if they're being held accountable and know they're being observed um together with yes elements of the placebo effect has now kicked in based on the placebo trigger of that ritualistic process it's not one thing it's a whole bunch of frigging psychological principles which in fact there's a four-hour video at the top of one of my websites ultimatehypnosiscourse.com there's a four-hour video it's free you don't have to even put your email address in it's not one of those capture your email thing you just go to the website and you can watch the video where i break down all of the psychological principles but so many of them there are that it takes four hours to go into them all. <laughs> but the, the short version is the so-called hypnosis is nothing more than emotional and psychological manipulation now that can be used with positive intent to help people overcome habits, addictions, fears, phobias, believing themselves more, achieve peak performance, overcome panic attacks. The list is as long as there is issues in the world. But it can, the same principles of psychological manipulation can be used with nefarious intent 
by those that have the intent of manipulating people to think a certain way, vote for a certain political party, believe in a certain religion, um, join a cult, um, or, or the massive extremes, yes, you can manipulate somebody through emotional and psychological means to do things that would normally contradict their morals and values. 99% of hypnotherapists say you can't. Well, it's bullshit. They either say saying that because A, they've been brainwashed to believe it by the person who taught them. So because their teacher told them it can't be done, clearly it can't be done apparently, which begs the question why the CIA and American government wasted so much bloody money after the war running MKUltra trauma-based mind control experiments involving hypnosis and actually getting results and using those techniques to this day. All very odd, uh, but they seem to ignore things like that. Or they do know, but they think that if they admitted the truth, that that would scare off clients. Well, I actually think it's the opposite. If you're completely honest with clients that, yes, these techniques can be used for nefarious and unethical means, that it shows that you actually know more about the bloody subject than 99% of therapists out there and done right, it will actually get you more clients. Yeah, like I tell people that, like you, you know, like I say, like do you know, you know, MK Ultra, you know that, you know how mm -hmm. well that that shit worked. Like, it fucking worked. Um, okay, that's the fucking nefarious way to do it. Think about if you flip that switch and you make that and you do it in a good way. Think about how well that's going to work for you. Like these people exactly. didn't know that. Yeah, you can use these techniques as most definitely psychological, emotional manipulation. Call it hypnosis. Call it what that bloody hell label you want to give it <laughs> um, to get people to kill, to be man-controlled assassins. It's been yeah. done, um, and you know, in recent years, it's been duplicated in England by Darren Brown, the stage mentalist, in a television show called The Assassin. In America, on I think it was the Fox Network or Discovery Channel, Discovery Channel, actually, I think, my friend and colleague Tom Silver did a show called, um, it was either Brainwash to Kill or Hypnotized to Kill. You can find these, or if you search Google, you can find them on Vimeo and YouTube to watch and these weren't paid actors this is it was a, a recreation to see if it was possible and yes you 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 definitely can i mean i've done tv shows myself in england where i've hypnotized people and uh, i'm using that word for ease yeah. i've emotionally otherwise i'm going to say emotionally and psychologically manipulated them and distorted their conscious mind with psychological principles rather than saying that every time i'll say hypnotized even though it doesn't exist, to uh, reveal to me their confidential computer passwords and uh, banking PIN codes and stuff. And afterwards, they had no recollection of giving me this information when they were interviewed by the TV station. We did, we did stuff to prove that you can use it nefariously. And, um, well, the simple fact is you can. When you realise that it, it's just emotional and psychological manipulation taken to the nth degree, and you realize, I mean, we mentioned MK Ultra, but in more recent years, okay, an offshoot of MK Ultra um, was the formation, well, they worked in conjunction on MK Ultra, but in England, uh, a thing called the Tavistock Hospital, as it was when MK Ultra experiments were being done. Well, that morphed in later years to be renamed to the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, which is what it's still called to this day. 
and it shares the same building in London on a back street as the British Psychological Society, which psychologists and psychiatrists are members of, and in England, uh, it's many of their members that are responsible for diagnosing via DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of uh, Mental Illness and Disease, diagnosing and prescribing very lucrative drugs to people for apparent psychological conditions that are just labels that have been made up by a committee who sit together on a board and if you compare DSM-5 to DSM-4, they've altered the meanings of different things. Uh, they vote on it. It's bullshit. Most mental illness is made up to, that's not to say that people don't suffer imbalances, it's to say that they give it labels and make it seem worse than it is so they can make money from drugs. Now, that's in the same building as the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. Coincidence? I think not. Um, the Tavistock Institute... Yeah, Tavistock Institute of Human Relations then as an offshoot, and incidentally on their own website, and their government linked, on their own website, people can go and see, they almost, in a roundabout way, they admit what they're up to. They say, you know, we do cutting edge re psychological research in how to influence behaviour for marketing campaigns. And they, yeah, well, but it can also be used for politics for you know, yeah. um, and an offshoot of it is that they, there's a thing called the Behavioural Insights Team, BIT, bit, uh, that's got an office near Westminster where the Houses of Parliament are. And they are affectionately dubbed in the British media and sometimes the world media, if you do a Google search, as the nudge unit. Because their job is to nudge people's opinions, behaviours, thoughts and reactions in favour of what the powers that be, the present government, want. So can you make people say and do things that contradict their morals and values? Yes, you most certainly can if you use the right techniques in the right manner for a long enough period of time and virtually anything is, is possible. So do you think that's mainly by, uh, you know, uh, not like subliminal, is it like more like subliminal stuff constantly do you think or um you know is it uh programming it's just another label nlp was just a name that richard bandler came up with so that he could use so-called hypnotic style techniques in states of america where you weren't allowed to use so-called hypnotic techniques in therapy unless you had certain licenses he just rebranded it and renamed it and turned it into a bit of a multi-level marketing cult um, you can give it a, you can give it fancy names at the end of the day psychological manipulation psychological manipulation whether you call it hypnotherapy nlp life coaching tibetan mind control scientology whatever they all work when they work for the same underlying psychological principles which are the ones that i covered briefly before but go into depth on at that um, ultimate hypnosis course website in terms of um some of it's subliminal yeah most of it's repetition because there's so many things going on in life we get that we don't we're not consciously aware of more than i think the old saying is seven bits of information at once maximum plus or minus two meaning that it's five seven or nine depending on the moment what it is where it's going from. and yet there's way more than that bits of information they're not consciously being processed a lot so 
arguably so-called subliminal stuff, stuff that's going in unconscious, subconscious, um, without being filtered properly by the critical faculty, analytical area, or executive function, whichever you want to call it, they're all basically the same thing, is happening all the time. It's just that when you're aware of that fact and you can focus people's attention on those, on a specific set of five, seven or nine things, yeah. So they're consciously overloaded and the critical faculty, analytical area, executive function or whatever is bypassed. Then you can slip in your commands, instructions, conditioning, programming, religious message, political message, whatever may be relevant. And yeah, um, that's massively. I mean, recent years, uh, a company called Cambridge Analytica which uh, was set up by um, SCL, I think, Strategic Communications Labs or Strategic Communications Limited. Um, you can check that out on my friend's website, Neil Saunders Mind Control dot co.uk he's, he, he's done a lot of research on them. They're classed as a military grade uh, psychological warfare weapon with the British government. And there is, it's not conspiracy theory, it's openly known. There's Netflix documentaries on Cambridge Analytica because they've been exposed as they were involved in influencing the British uh, and European Brexit vault and also in the Trump um, campaign and in various other political campaigns around the world. They've been, by using... Um, psychological warfare techniques, which one of their main ones was videos and memes, you know, a visual image, because the unconscious works in subco uh, subconscious, unconscious, call it what you will, works in abstract images. So the image captures the attention. Oh, let's look at that. And because there's a certain amount of bandwidth being used on this image, of the brain focused on it, the words that they put underneath, which may or may not be true, filtering more easily without uh, resistance and without uh, proper analytical um, vetting, as, so these, as it were. These, these stupid fucking memes are the, the best way to get into, not the best way, one of the best ways to get into someone's head. The information it's, it, that you're trying it's to- It's a technique that, that memes and videos they use uh, and this sounds a bit conspiracy theory, but it is covered in the documentaries you can find on Netflix. So you'll see that it isn't. And if you check out my friend's blog, Neil Sanders, that's N-E-I-L-S-A-N-D-E-R-S, neilsandersmindcontrol.co.uk. It's got a big thing on Cambridge Analytica and it gives you stuff you can check out yourself. But to, to further illustrate that it's not a theory, when Elon Musk took over Twitter, he has started on his own account, releasing what he calls the Twitter files, which is now that he's got access to it, he started publishing the proof that the algorithms of Twitter were, during certain political campaigns, used to manipulate what people saw to manipulate their opinion for voting, which was all part of Cambridge Analytica's remit to psychologically manipulate and persuade and influence uh, the mass populace. 
So yeah, very, very powerful tool. So powerful. I'm not sure what the battalion is called of the American army. Although I do know another podcast host in the past said to me, yeah, we have, we have the same thing here in America, but in England, there is what they've set up, what they call the 77th Battalion, which if you Google search it, you'll find the British Army's got their own website recruiting people for the 77th Battalion, where it blatantly tells you on the website, their specialist area is psychological warfare, aka psychological operations, PSYOPs for short, and that this is ultimately how wars are truly played out and won these days. And I I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people that I've encountered that also think that uh, that this stuff just maybe stopped in like the 1970s or 1980s. uh, And then just people, the the government or whomever is in charge of what we're seeing and experiencing, like it just stopped and they're not doing it anymore. But I mean, now there's, you know, we, we have the all our smart devices, which are, you know, it's going on more uh, than wep- ever. Weaponry. It's easier than ever for them. It yeah, is. and I mean, we're so fucking into it already. And then it's, I mean, how easy is it just, you you know, like you're saying with a meme or something or, you know, some, it's real easy. I mean, if we're that into looking at our phone or, you know, they get our you, t- Most our people are addicted to social media, one or other. Some people are Twitter people, some are Facebook, some are Instagram, some are TikTok. There's so many different yeah. platforms. But the point is that all of them can be used to influence, persuade and control. As long as you can get your message in front of the person's face, then you can influence, persuade and control. And the powers that be either have budgets galore to be able to do this and pay for paid placement of things or have the power to be involved in influencing the algorithms anyway you know there are some that would suggest or do suggest that facebook was never set up in the way that the story and narrative goes and that actually the cia were or are behind it and that its main aim was to get people addicted to the thing that Facebook really cemented much more better than MySpace ever did and that is an addiction to social media because they knew that the power of then being able to get that message that program out to people yeah there was a time when it was done through the television screen but now with so many tv shows and channels um there's too many different stations and programs that would become massively cost prohibitive It's far more cost effective to centralize it through a channel of the one channel is Facebook or the one channel is TikTok, as opposed to 600 or whatever many different TV stations there. Five five or six things maybe, as opposed to hundreds or thousands of different different ones where, and people aren't watching these shows, you know, they're not, they're not going back to the same show every time multiple times a day and then spending however fucking long that they're not they're not going in to take a shit and they're not fucking watching no you know people people binge watch now so you know the the wait till the entire series is there that's recorded then they can watch it all in a night or two whereas there was a time that people were tuning every week for the six or eight weeks so they knew they'd had the repetition over six to eight weeks running their advert during that program okay 
for example. Yeah. I mean, that's for a product. We, we, it could be a political campaign. It could be anything these days with social media. Whereas now, people watch them all in one night. So, yeah, they might see the advert eight times between the programme, although they can fast-forward through them when it's been recorded quite often. So it's not as effective, whereas with social media, people can be forced to see things um, unless you pay for the no-advert version, you know? Um, right. But you can still be forced to kind of see things. They can get it in front of you. It's far more effective for them. And also that way they know because you're checking your social media every day to see if your photograph got likes or if you've had comments that you're going to see something else pop up the next day. So they've got that repetition back that used to be possible through weekly television scheduling or people reading the daily newspapers that less and less do now, less and less get physical ones. Where is it happening? They get the repetition through social media. And then, so then the, you know, marketing or what, whatever, or, you know, the powers that be that, that run it are able to, with the likes, comments and shares, how much traction each thing is getting to know to put more, you know, more into that, that specific thing. And that, because they're going to interact with it more and more people will exactly they've got very complex pro they can work out and from that they can predict people's behavior which is what cambridge analytica um you know if you look into it the documentaries the um that's what that was all about it's it, it's what they do they can predict from past behaviors and um habits what the person's likely to do in the future if things remain as they are and therefore, they can also work out what pushes that person's emotional buttons so that they can purposely present them with propaganda, um, which is the name of a book written by somebody called Edward Bernays, who was the founder, arguably, of um, brainwashing techniques. Uh, Edward Bernays' book, Propaganda, um, to make people feel angry for example, so then they might speak out and start saying things that would upset some other people. So they'll cause arguments and division uh, because they want people to argue and be divided because while people are in that state of argument, uh, non-agreement, uh, it's akin to confusion and disorientation, which means bandwidth of the brain's being used up, which means the critical faculty, analytical area, executive function is bypassed and again, the commands or the messages pop, pop it right can in, get right through. So, you know, that's why if, if voting, if, if us voting actually carried any weight whatsoever, mm. they wouldn't allow us to do it. Yep. It's to give us the illusion of choice. It doesn't matter who gets in sooner or later, even the best intentioned MPs or politicians. Uh, history shows either end up dead if they continue to disagree <laughs> with what the powers that be want yeah. or they don't deliver on what they promised and that's either because a they were totally dishonest or b they started with the best of intentions and then once they got into power they realized they're not actually in the position of power they thought they were dark figures um with far more money far more influence and control behind them and higher up tell them what to do i'm just kind of puppets in yeah. a sense i mean yeah and it's hard for a lot of people to get that too i feel like that's something that's a kind of a a foreign concept to 
Like they, they I don't know why they, they don't. Want it could to be scary. The idea that this is going on. I mean, there's another thing. Uh, there was another CIA project um, in the '60s into '70s officially called uh, Operation or oh, Project Mockingbird. Operation Mockingbird. Project Mockingbird. I always get the buggers mixed up. Anyway, Mockingbird, yeah. which was basically manipulating the media and the messages that went out through newspapers and TV and radio and whatnot. Apparently that officially ended uh, in the late 60s, early 70s. I say apparently because my personal first-hand experience, certainly of the British media, which I have extensive experience of that people can learn about at circusofthemind.net to the degree where I'm currently have litigation running for um, privacy intrusion against me by Rupert Murdoch, the media mogul's media empire. Um, wow. The so-called fawn hacking cases that are going on. Well, I filed a case against him on the 30th of September last year in my birth name, Alex Smith. So if anyone searches Alex Smith versus NGN, news group newspapers, um, that, that's me. And because of I can't go into too much depth verbally, but on my website, circusthemind.net, there's legal documents that show my involvement with the media and seeing things from the inside that most people don't get to see. And it is my conclusion, based on my knowledge and experience of the past several decades, that the media, the vast majority of the media, whether television, radio, newspapers or magazines, if they're what are known as the legacy media, the mainstream media, they have little, if any, but very little, if any, regard for the truth, reality and facts. It's all kind of about manipulation and control. There's an old saying in the media, if it bleeds, it leads. Meaning the more horrific, traumatic or distressing or outrageous a storyline can be, or headline, the more likely it is to go prominently on the front page and be big inside. It's not about spreading genuine news and facts. It's about instilling a sense of fear into the mass populace, false evidence appearing real, false evidence against reality. So that instead of um, people being able to face everything in life and rise, they end up fearing everything and running fight and flight they get stuck in the middle freeze like the rabbit in the headlights because the yeah. brain's being occupied with all this bullshit and division and these this is going on in the world and it means this and this could happen and it's all designed that way to keep people in this permanent state of what the fuck's going on yeah and then they they act in their you know then the flight or flight mode the whole time they they fuck you know end up acting stupid, I guess is a, a you know a scientific way to put it act stupid. But but then at the same time it's so easy just to go and they're it's as if their brain is at capacity like you were saying and it's just everything anything that they slip in there they're they're taking like it's fucking gospel and you know just and this is every of, area of your life. I mean literally every area. Um, I mean, if you as a listeners go on my YouTube channel, Celebrity Hypnotist, click on where it says playlists. There's a playlist called Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis, subtitled It's Time for the Sleepwalking Zombies to Wake Up, which is the 
appropriately the name of my 2019 uh, one hour and 50 minute long documentary that um, I made uh, exposing how we are all hypnotized, aka emotionally and psychologically manipulated, persuaded and influenced from all areas of our daily life, from cradle through to the grave. And I go into I give examples of politics, education system, uh, the workplace, uh, the media, you name it, I cover all the areas of life and highlight how we are so easily influenced in those areas um so that the things come together as a whole because you know they all look like separate areas of life but when it comes down to it the media put out the narrative that the powers that be want the so-called people that are voted in do what the powers that be tell them to do ultimately the indoctrination system sorry most people think of it as the education yeah. system yeah train you to learn memorize what the authority figure says as being correct and then to repeat what the authority figures told you so that what you're really learning is to accept what authority figures say to accept it and to repeat it and therefore not analyze and independently research things for yourself so it's making you thinking. easier yeah critical thinking you... fucking gone yeah and um, and I mean, with the education system, at least in, uh, in the United States, um, you know, one of the big backers of it was, um, you know, the Rockefeller family. And so, yeah. uh, and, you know, the to like fully indoctrinate someone as far as that, you know, to um, become, you know, a good worker, not question shit, you know, is, you know, eight hours a day and, uh, you know, 12 to 14 years which is how long you know you're in school every day and then how long until you're out of school and then you're you're set like you're set up to be a great worker bee for yeah you've been conditioned you've been brainwashed you've been you've been indoctrinated into that belief system and that expectation um and as i say yeah in that documentary i i'm sure actual visual proof of examples from life to make it easier for people to spot and also provide them with suggestions on look when you are now aware of this when you see it happening take a step back don't immediately accept what any authority figure says it may well be true it may well be in your best interest a lot of the time but there's going to be times when it isn't and the only way to tell the difference is to every time analyze independently research take a step back you know yeah it's yeah um i mean especially yeah with what's gone on even just going back the last whatever three four years i mean just how much of that has just been so much this authority figure said it fuck uh it's true it's true let's just i mean not even question it just no question whatsoever no stopping um when you think like you, you would at least stop and think about it, whatever you end up doing, it, whatever is fine. But like authority figures, fear ramped up apparently through respectable media that wouldn't lie to you, wouldn't lie to you, my ass. Right. Yeah, like that. Um, 
what if they wouldn't lie to you and do dishonest things why are so much of the and other stuff going on now in australia and america as well uh, with various uh, court cases and allegations against people like rupert murdoch's media empires uh, being accused of not just things like phone hacking and unlawful information gathering but also apparently of just blatantly making things up fabricating them libel defamation yeah. and, and, and stuff so you know if if they've done those things which they clearly have in the past because they pay people off uh, and other people are still making similar allegations then you know if they're prepared to do that out what else are they prepared to do you know what right. i mean or, or be dishonest about so if someone you know hasn't been questioning anything or you know they listen to this show um i mean what what's the first thing they got to do to get to a point there's two answers to that the flippant and cheeky one is go directly to amazon and type in extreme danger extreme hypnosis by jonathan royal and buy the nearly 500 page encyclopedic book of the same name as my documentary that expands on all the subjects and i mean we even go much deeper down the rabbit holes how it all interconnects globally with um involvement in um trauma-based mind control sexual abuse trafficking of uh children and it, it's a fucking really deep rabbit hole if you start going down it um some of the rabbit hole is complete and utter nonsense there are complete nutters in the conspiracy theory uh truth of community i'm afraid there are some um who, who just believe things from the apparent authority figure who's told them in the truth community that it's true ironically that they're being part of that passing on bullshit because they just believe without independently researching the whole point should be don't believe anything without first independently researching it yourself from multiple different sources. But some people seem to forget that element of it. Um, so that would be a slightly flippant, but also true answer. But the, the, the second one will be quite simply, you know, each and every person watching and listening to this at some point in their life. And I know hindsight's a wonderful thing, but at some point, many points, you will have had experiences where you, after the event, have gone, if only I'd listened to my gut. I did something, you know, about that didn't seem right at the time, and then it went the way that I feared. I should have listened to myself, to my instincts in that moment. And because you've lived those experiences before, and you will have multiple occasions in your life where that's happened, the key thing is to start to trust yourself and your gut instincts. Um, you've got a, 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 a kind of mind, I'm going to call it brain in your head. Yeah. But it's been shown that you've got a kind of brain in your heart that actually sends more information to your brain than the other direction. And there are studies that people talk about the gut mind. That actually you have a kind of brain with you. So it's not just a saying, you know, trust your gut. It is a genuine sort of thing. Um, and you've just got to start to trust 
trust yourself. And the more you start to trust yourself and listen to your body telling you things, I can't put it into words, but if you look back on the experiences you've had in life where you've gone, I knew at the time something wasn't right. What that felt like to you, because I can't describe what that feeling is. What that felt like to you is what you've got to start looking out for. And if you start getting that feeling of something's not quite right, or actually that is the best option, go with it. Are you going to be right every single time? No. Am I saying trust yourself to the point of gambling your life savings on something? Most certainly bloody not. (laughs) Apply some common sense here. But the more you with things where there's relatively no risk, start to learn to trust yourself, the more you will become even more aware of your own abilities to see through the crap and the more clear things will become to you and the more it will become blindly obvious to you that people out there are trying to emotionally and psychologically influence, control and persuade you um, all the time, sometimes with your best interest at heart, but often with their interest more at heart. Well, are you talking like uh, like peers as well, like peers or um, you know people that are in your life in a smaller circle as well, or is that? I would. I, I'm not saying don't trust anybody, cause that would make you walk around like some kind of paranoid lunatic. But question everything. So okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's really easy just to, I mean, if you saw, saw it on TV or I apply, saw it on Basically, like, apply conscious thought to things. Analyze things. Think them through before you make decisions. Too many people are walking around like a, a sleepwalking zombie, distracted by the interference that's purposely being pumped out to keep their brain occupied. Just, just take a step back. When your phone bleeps, you don't need to pick it up straight away to see, is that an extra like on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok? Actually, what you could do is turn off the sound so you don't, lo and behold, so you don't get noisy notifications every five minutes and take control of the situation and say, okay, I'll check my social media in two hours' time. Yeah, like mine is all I have. I everything is turned off. All the notifications are turned off. I have, uh, like everybody and everything, like every page, any person, everything is turned off. Um, I, uh, like the only thing I see, like you know, I don't get notifications for these. Is there's like, um, like I have a, a my buddy has a Mike Judge page that has like Beavis and Butthead stuff. You know, uh-huh. King of the Hill. Uh, office space all that stuff uh and then uh what's available for sale near me because i I like to resell things Mm -hmm. and i mean that that's it the rest of it i like i'll go on every once in a while and like but i'm not i'm not seeing shit i'm not sitting in you choose when you go on that's the key yeah and if you do that then you're taking control and the more you are taking control of when you do things, what you choose to do, when you choose to do it, what you choose to see, what you are feeding the garden of your mind, the less weeds, we could metaphorically say, the less bullshit, the less lies, the less fear 
you're going to be allowing to get in there, whether it's consciously or subliminally. Because, you know, it could be stuff that just happens to be in the background while you're looking at the pet. But if you, at least you're limiting that. If you go, look, I'm going to check my emails or my Facebook messages, morning, lunchtime, one time at the evening. Yeah. It will, you'll, you'll save a whole bunch of time that you normally waste looking at your phone every time it goes beep. And you'll remove those instances of, you'll control your brain to not be that bothered. In other words, you put up a picture and you've got so conditioned to, when it bleeps, let's have a look. Oh, somebody's liked it. And they put a nice comment. That's brilliant. It makes you feel good. Chemical release, dopamine and serotonin and all that. Or they put a nasty comment. I disagree with them. Uh, angry. It's all the confusion and disorientation thing. Again, take a step back. Rather than getting disturbed every five minutes or then 20 minutes later, 10 minutes later by these notifications that could ruin your day if it's a negative one, choose, I'm only going to do it at this time. You look then, there may have been loads of comments, there may have been none, there might be ones that anger you, there might be ones that make you happy, more likely to be a combination of the two which balances it out so you don't feel as bad. Um, but the point is you're living more in the moment where you are controlling your destiny reality and what you're thinking and what you're feeding it. Yeah, and I mean, and what's, I mean, some of it, like, you don't know, I don't know, if you, you're someone that has a lot of followers or um, something like that, you also are having people that you don't know and you don't even know if they're real people or if they're someone else who has, you know, not your best interest at heart to start saying shit. And yeah, you're getting this, you know, the, the old the Pavlovian response of, you know, the little ding, the, the bell goes and, and I'll, oh, I gotta check the, oh shit. Yeah, you know, you're in a, you're like you're saying, you're in that everything, like just sort of a panic mode and then anything goes in is just gonna, you know, get right in, right in your head, right in your subconscious. And then when, they are know. trying to fill your head with "I say shit," um, and from birth up until around the teenage years, puberty, before the executive function uh, starts working, uh, or some call it the critical faculty analytical area but we're like sponges growing up and everything goes in. There is no, there is no filter as it were. So that's why things start from such an early age. And then on top of that, as well as this programming that's purposely thrust upon us, which I cover in the Extreme Danger documentary on the Celebrity Hypnotist YouTube channel, um, we have the unexpected traumas of growing up. Um, and I don't necessarily mean, you know, some people trauma means, oh, you mean people who are sexually abused or bullied or whatever. Of course, that is traumatic. That's the big end of the scale. But every human being growing up goes through multiple dozens, if not hundreds of what I call mini traumas. Now, I call them mini traumas not to uh, undermine the impact that they have on people. It's just a way it's just a way to refer to them really because from an adult perspective they are mini so if i was to say to you that being a three-year-old having fallen onto a balloon at a party and it bursting 
could contribute to them being a cocaine addict in later life as an adult, most people would probably go, what the fuck are you talking about, Jonathan Royal? You've lost the plot there. Well, let's just think a moment. As a child, what to us as adults is purely imaginary, to them is reality in the moment, as real as real can be. And to that three-year-old at that birthday party, it wasn't a blue balloon that just got burst. They picked up that balloon and they decided it had turned into, I don't know, maybe a, a magical fairy kingdom castle full of their little fairy friends. So when that balloon popped, whilst to us as an adult, that's the balloon popping, it's not particularly traumatic. In that moment to that child, the reality is their magical fairy kingdom just been destroyed and all the little fairies killed. That's as traumatic to that three-year-old in that moment as it would be to us as an adult losing a loved one or family member in a car crash. Now, when you think of it that way and realise that therefore that trauma is severe trauma, not just a balloon popping, mm -hmm. that gets frozen in time because there's nothing to filter it, process it properly because they're experiencing it as a three-year-old, that goes into the unconscious, subconscious or as I like to call it, the personal laptop computer, and gets frozen in time, and he's there. And there's loads of these types of incidents happen before the critical faculty analytical area, executive function starts working at around teenage years, puberty, that are then locked in there, and all that negative shit is in there. And But there's part of your brain that goes, I shouldn't feel this way. Um, but doesn't understand why, because you're now thinking as an adult, but doesn't understand that those things are locked in there, because it's locked in there as the three-year-old experienced it, or the four-year-old, or whatever, and it's never been resolved. So, shameless plug, in my most recent book, and my best book by far, Shitnosis, Helping You Get Over the Shit in Your Life and Get Your Shit Together, I use the metaphor of they filled your head with shit and you've had those traumas and shit as you're growing up that you're not even consciously aware of. And I go through processes and they are just important seeming ritualistic processes to ultimately distract the unconscious, uh, sorry, the analytical critical faculty to allow you to gain access to your own head engineer metaphorically in the control room of your mind, your personal laptop computer. So you can go in and remove, delete, and override any negative thoughts, feelings, energies, and emotions or connections that have been frozen in time in the upbringing of those mini traumas, as I called them, so that then they're not holding you back. It's like letting go of all that self-blame, shame, guilt, and regret, um, all those fears, frustrations, failures, anger, anguish, anxiety, resentment, regret, remorse, all of that's let go of through forgiveness of yourself and others, acceptance, realisation and release, together with an element of reprogramming and reframing things in the more adult perspective, so we can metaphorically let those the inner child heal and grow up so we can become who we were truly meant to be and be free to move forward without any emotional imbalances, which means then we can more easily say goodbye to any habits, addictions, fears or phobias we have. Um, because as I explain in shitnosis, 
Um, the first chapter asks the question, are you emotionally constipated? And by that, I mean, is there an imbalance? Because if you've got a habit, addiction, fear or phobia, if you suffer from panic attacks, anxiety, depression or any issue, the only way you can be is because something's out of balance or not right that allows that to, to occur. Which is why when people try on their own to perhaps quit smoking or quit taking cocaine, they might do for months, sometimes maybe even years. But sooner or later, they either relapse, go back to it, or symptom substitution occurs, which means that because they're not dealt with the underlying negative shit that was triggering the feelings that made them go and take the cocaine or drink too much or smoke or have the panic attack, that it will manifest in some other way. It's like the mind trying to tell the body, wake up, you need to do something. Well, that something is you need to heal the metaphoric inner child, clean up the computer memory banks of your personal laptop computer and metaphorically install mental antivirus software for the brain, which is what the important seeming ritualistic processes are in this book. Some will call them hypnosis. I, I just say they are emotional influence techniques to occupy your conscious mind with positive intent so that you can distract the critical faculty analytical area of executive function so you can pop in and have a spring clean and get rid of the shit and install good positive programs so rather than hearing the little imposter syndrome voice in your head going you're not good enough or you, 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 you no, you're going to fuck up this or, or whatever it may be or now's the time to be panicky or anxious you can have the little voice end up saying to you it's okay you've got this one you can remain calm, relaxed and confident. You're worth it. It's about running the right programs, taking control. And I feel like with a lot of people who come in, like come into me with something like, you know, with weight loss or they're, you know, I, you know, sometimes like PTSD or something of that effect, or um, even stopping smoking cigarettes. I mean, like, you know, I like doing the desensitization um, especially with PTSD or something, but then they think it's some event that happened to them maybe five years ago, but mm -hmm. then they go back and then they find out there's something when they were, you know, three years old, like you were saying that just like, they had no clue about that existed in their head. That's been fucking them up for the whole time. And then just being able to go and confront that and, you know, tell, tell the inner child years, you know, it's so okay. Like, it's okay. This is okay. You don't have that, yeah. that interrupt of, no, it's not fucking not. Something's not. You just, now you can tell it as an adult, tell the inner child of yours, like, it's okay. You know, fucking go move forward. It's, it was, it was a big deal then, but you know what? Now it's not a big deal. And exactly. without telling yourself that you don't, you don't fucking know. It's just in that, you know, 90, I guess 92% of all the stuff we do is in our, you know, subconsciously or unconsciously or whatever mm -hmm. yeah you know. so the autopilot so to speak yeah the autopilot and yeah it's just you don't you don't know why you're just doing it and with yeah with your book i mean i think that could it's not to... just a book i mean it is a book but it's not just words on the page is what i mean there's lots of these things in qr codes so that oh. people can then just get their device and scan it and instead of having to learn, because, yeah, it's there in black and white, the different processes, the different placebo triggers to start the process of expectation and belief with positive intent for them. 
But some people learn better by visual demonstrations. So those QR codes, anything that's taught in the book also has a video where I demonstrate it and talk people through. Um, so it's kind of like having me there in the room with them uh, as a therapist, except instead of paying 500 bucks an hour, um, it costs them 17 United States dollars for the book off Amazon. That's it, you know. That seems like kind of yeah. make it accessible to people. I like that. Um, you know, uh, so I, I haven't even started to scratch the surface with a lot of this. Um, like I haven't even, we haven't even gotten to stage hypnosis yet. Uh, and do you know, I can sum it all up and this isn't being flipped. It's just, it, this sums it up, whether it's stage hypnosis, hypnotherapy to help people in their life, or it's using it positively or negatively. Uh, as emotional, psychological influence, manipulation, control, which, as I say, is covered in the documentary Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis. The key is, and that's where I was going, the emotional, are you emotionally constipated? The first chapter, it goes into um, what I call Royal's Hierarchy of uh, Emotional Needs. And that is that it's my experience and observation. Every human being, in order to be able to function a peak performance without negative habits, addictions, fears, or phobias, or things that, without the negative shit, they need to feel, and feelings are purely illusionary. They are a thought process. And they're different for everybody. It's not a tangible thing, but they need to feel in whatever way is right for them. Loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished, and valued. Now, they sound very similar. But if you get a thesaurus and check out those words, loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished and valued. They're all very different, in fact, and they relate to different things. And if there's any lacking, there's been any lacking or imbalance in any of them, it could be just one of them. But if one of them is lower than the others, then the scale's out of balance. It might be two. It could be all seven, but they're all at different levels. But for most people, it's just going to be one, two or three of them. It doesn't matter if there's any imbalance or lacking in any of them. It will have a negative impact on that person's self-image, self-esteem, self-confidence and self-control, a.k.a. willpower. And if there's any negative impact on them, in turn, it has a negative impact on that person's self-worth, self-love self-respect and positive selfishness namely being able to look after themselves before they're able best uh, to you know help others and if there's any negative impact on any of them it will ultimately impact on their sense of self their self-identity and they will feel like there's something missing from them some people want to fill that with food some people want to fill that with god and religion some people try and fill that gap with um, you know, drowning it out with alcohol, others put up a smoke screen. They're all metaphors, but it's kind of what's going on because something underneath doesn't feel quite right. So it manifests uh, 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 as an issue. So it could just be that they, you know, little things growing up, a teacher said they weren't good enough for something. And those frozen in time trauma moments go in, cause an imbalance on the emotional things, and it has that negative impact on the other things. And when you grow up, because that negative stuff's still running in the background, 
boom, it manifests as an addiction or a phobia or, or whatever. So to reverse that, it is both as difficult and as easy as making the person feel loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished and valued fully, so that in turn, it makes them feel fully self-confident, their self-image, self-esteem and self-control balances out, so that in turn, their self-love, self-worth, self-respect and positive selfishness balances out, so in turn, they feel metaphorically whole again complete their sense of self their self-identity is one where they feel good about themselves at which point any need or desire consciously or unconsciously for drug of choice or phobia reaction of choice or trauma not yet released just melts away um often in what seems miraculous uh short spaces of time because it's actually not as complicated as some people want to make it seem and most of those people that want to make it seem more difficult and complicated are those that um they're either selling expensive course after expensive course like multi-level marketing plan which a lot of therapists you know a lot of therapists and self-help community do you know people will bring out self-help book after self-help book if the first self-help book they brought out was any good, why would anyone need to buy the second self-help book? <laughs> right? What they're failing in <laughs> with their book, it's true, look, what they're failing with their book, and that's why there will never be a sequel to shit nonsense happening, you get over the shit in your life. Because I looked at it, why do self-help books normally fail? Well, the key thing is, because people, as good as the contents may be, people don't tend to put into action what's on the page. Now, that could be because they learn better visually. Well, we've overcome that. We have the tons of them things, QR codes, so that people can then be guided through visually and audibly. So whatever their preferred learning style, it's all covered in shit noses. We also then have to accept that some people are very emotional, spiritual type people, whereas on the flip side, some people are very analytical people. So instead of saying here's a one-size-fit-all approach, which some books do, which is why they won't work for everyone, I cover in here, right, here's the analytical approach, if you're that kind of person, here's the approach, important seeming process for more emotional people. So that That's you can feel move. good about, you choose, you're starting to take control by the way you read and, uh, and decide to use the contents of the book. You're by having that control from the beginning, oh yeah, that's more. That sounds more like me. I'll, I'll I'll use that. That means you will believe in it more and expect it to work more. So therefore, it becomes a more powerful placebo trigger for you, and also a better distraction for the analytical critical faculty, which means it's more likely to have the positive outcome that you desired. Oh shit. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, not having to to redo it like. I mean, so if you're doing any sort of, you know, not the not self help or whatever, what you know, whatever to make someone in a, a better place they are now. I mean, you're you're not having to do it multiple times. You know, that's why that's why you can you know charge the five hundred and just you know 
one time and and you're 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 not setting it up with that sales funnel approach no, of, exactly you're fact, quite back. the opposite when people yeah. contact me and say i want a session with you the first thing that they get is an email that says to them before you ever even consider spending 500 bucks minimum with me i suggest you go to amazon and buy a copy of shit notices it will cost you $17, and as long as you truly are ready to change, everything you need is in this book. And it genuinely is, because the only difference is, because of the QR codes, the interactive stuff, if people come to me in person or book a Zoom session where I would charge a minimum $500 an hour, what I would ultimately do with them is no different than what's in this book. This genuinely is the techniques I've used over the past three decades with clients. Um, they just need to realize that I am telling them the truth, that there is no difference. So, you know, yes, the only difference might be that if they're called Dave, every now and again during the session, I'm going to call them by their name. Whereas with the virtual videos, talking them through it, I don't know the name of the person who's going to be watching the video. So the video just says, hey, you know, if you're watching this, it's because you've got shit nose, it's the book, and now you're looking at the technique for anxiety or whatever. Do this with me, do that. That's the only difference. If they were in the room with me, I'd say the name now and again. But the actual techniques I used are no different. So I'm really charging for my time, not the treatment. I'd sooner they can get the same treatment outcome by just getting the book for $17. And I'd much sooner they did that um, and then go and spend the other $483 on um, celebrating with the family and friends the start of their wonderful new life where they've said goodbye to that that used to bother them in the past. I like that a lot. Um, okay, so where 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 is everyone going to find you? How I mean, they're going to obviously go out and buy Shitnosis on Amazon. It's dead simple. Just buy Shitnosis if, if you're not that will help every human being on the planet, the best 17 bucks you'll ever spend. Um, if you, however, want to learn to become a clinically, uh, a trained, clinically qualified, accredited uh, hypnotherapist, mind therapist, call it what you will, because uh, they're just different titles for using these techniques, then you can earn 26 different world-class accredited diplomas as part of the Elite Hypnosis Bootcamp training package that you can find at ultimatehypnosiscourse.com, which is also where at the top of the page is that free four-hour video I talked about uh, earlier. And on every social media platform, with the exception of YouTube, where my channel is The Celebrity Hypnotist, um, it's at Royal, R-O-Y-L-E, Hypnotist, at Royal Hypnotist on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of them. Uh, so yeah, dead easy to find. Uh, and my career resume, if people want to go and have a look and, and search out those videos I alluded to, my documentary, the TV show where I got people to do things they say can't be done and whatnot, is all located at Magical Guru, which is M-A-G-I-C-A-L-G-U-R-U dot co dot UK. Okay, excellent. Um, yeah, so you guys, that's that's plenty. There's there's where you need to go. That's where you need to get a hold of. Uh, that's what 
you should be doing. Just just stop. Just stop what you're doing right now. Just stop and just go. Just just get right to it. And um, Jonathan Royal, thank you so much for coming on. I, I enjoyed getting. Thank you for having me, Rusty. Yeah, I mean, talk I, with you. I think I can sum it up. One one final sentence from me is: if people keep doing what they've always done, they'll keep getting what they've always got. So if you want a different life, whatever that means to you right now, whether it's overcoming a habit, addiction, fear, or phobia, just being more positive, achieving more, whatever is right for you, then you need to do something differently. You need to take action. Uh, you need to change something, which is why, you know, self-help stuff is often called change work, because the key is to change something, do things differently. Start today, little and often repetition uh little and often repeated long-term persistence will always bring bigger rewards than short-term bursts of enthusiasm that wear off exactly yeah get get on it get get that pattern interrupted and just start and then you can get right into yeah. it and get 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 on your best best self so thank you everybody over there in the studio audience uh, and everyone listening thank wherever you. you are. And yeah, that is the show, man.